Hello, this is Sofia Fonseca de Niño, and I welcome you to this inner room. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the Inner Room Emotions in the Bible, and we would love to hear your questions, your ideas, or your comments. Thank you for joining us today. Friends, as we enter this time of the year, the church focuses its mind on the end times, as I've mentioned. And we see Jesus, who has been walking towards Jerusalem, getting more crowds around him and getting more attacks. And today he gets a very direct attack in Luke chapter 13, where we hear Pharisees coming to Jesus to say, go away because Herod wants to kill you. And we know Herod has killed Jesus's cousin and the persecution is real. The Lord responds with a number of statements. And I love how Luke collects the sentences that Jesus would have said from those that were around him that connect his words to the Old Testament that he, of course, knew very well, and also to what is going to happen to him. So he speaks in a way that is a little baffling to the apostles and the disciples that ponder, what do you mean? What does the Lord mean by what he's saying? Jesus says, go and tell that fox, behold, I cast out demons and perform healings today and tomorrow. And on the third day, I accomplish my purpose. He is letting them know in different ways so that they can hear that he is going to die and that on the third day, he is going to resurrect. He says, I must continue on my way today, tomorrow, and the following day. Here I am crossing a street today. And... Friends, we know from the Old Testament that God is the same today, yesterday, and tomorrow. And that those statements that the Lord is making are also showing his character besides his purpose. He's letting us know that he is one with God. That he must continue on his way and that Jerusalem is going to be the city that is going to kill Jesus and that they haven't been able to recognize that the Lord was amongst them. He says, I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We have this statement at the end in our service when we behold the bread of life that was the reason people left Jesus when he said, I am the bread of life. And at that moment, we remind ourselves that Jesus is the one that is to come, is the one that came, is the one that lived amongst us, and is the one that is coming again. Friends, the church connects this reading today with Ephesians chapter 6. And we completed a study just on Ephesians 6 in our Bible study. I invite you to it. It's forward, Christian women in the workplace. And it was the 
Armor of God by Priscilla Schreier. And it was a meaty study just on the verses of Ephesians 6 that describe how we are equipped to be part of God's family. That also requires to be part of God's army. Because look what it says. Our struggle is not with flesh and blood, but with principalities, powers, rulers of the world of this present darkness, with evil spirits in the heavens. Is that a reality for you? I remember that in college, professors would talk about evil in different ways, as if it was a concept that we have in some way progressed from, that it was a medieval idea, that it was a, a concept that did not apply to our present world. And that is still present, friends, in many education environments where we, we feel as if talking about evil, the devil, and the powers of darkness was actually not real. And theologians talk about the devil's strategies being so cunning. The Bible itself says that. Jesus himself says that, of course, that one of the best ways to become subtly powerful is to pretend that something is not happening. And acknowledging that there is evil is actually not that hard when we see some of the horrors like what we're experiencing in countries that are that have war or famine or some of the uh, terrible things that attack some areas of the world in a persistent way. Paul gives us this beautiful image. This is by far one of my favorite readings, Ephesians 6, starting 10 to 20. He says, put on the armor of God. Friends, let's put on the armor of God. And what does the armor have? Well, to resist the evil day and hold our ground, let's stand fast with our loins girded in truth. We know, friends, that Jesus' disciples are going to be known because the Holy Spirit is alive in them and they're holding on to the truth. So he's saying, stand fast, girded in truth. We have to seek it. We see the apostles walking with Jesus. He's telling them the truth of what's going to happen and they don't understand. So they give us great hope that maybe we don't understand what's happening, what the Lord is saying about our life. But we have to stand in that truth. And the Lord will reveal it more and more the more we open ourselves up to the workings of the Holy Spirit that is within us. He says then, be clothed with righteousness as a breastplate. The breastplate that, that is going to be over us is God's righteousness, friends. This is part of Isaiah and some of the Psalms where we see that God's righteousness, he himself clothes us with it because he loves us so much. It's in no way our own righteousness, but he's going to clothe us with his own, with the sense of having justified us because he loves us, because he made a covenant with us that we can trace back to Adam and Eve and Abraham, Noah, and all the great uh, patriarchs, prophets, until we arrive at Jesus who dies on the cross 
to sign the covenant, the full covenant with his own blood. And that leads us to the next one. Your feet shod in readiness for the gospel of peace. We've been hearing Paul talk about the importance of staying in unity and in peace and to maintain those bonds in the last few days of readings. So to be ready for the gospel of peace is very easy to become disbanded. Yesterday I met a colleague that I hadn't seen in a number of years. He joined our team as a young man and now he is moving on to another position. And it was wonderful to see what he's done and who he has become. And I found myself saying things that I really shouldn't because I was talking about the past, not the way that God has defined it fully, but lingering in my own pain and lingering in my own pettiness of my own story. And that is not standing in truth. And that's not having my feet shod in the gospel of peace. It can be in such small things, friends, that we can uh, easily falter. And we have to simply confess it and say, I, I've done this. And, and then do some form of recompense, right? Um, so this is the beautiful practice of confessing our sins that, that reinstates grace, the connection to God to say, Father, I, I put you above my own petty thoughts that I feel so justified about. Quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one holding fast to faith as a shield. Friends, the faith that the Lord Jesus Christ has made us one with the Father. He says, if I am with you, you are one with me. If you're one with me, you're one with the Father. The faith that Jesus makes us part of that vine tree that is the body of Christ, that we belong to something much bigger than us, is the family of God. We are inheritors of a great kingdom and that faith in understanding that we are living we're living as sojourners through life on our way to heaven keeps us then on this fight that we can quench the flaming arrows of the evil one that every day we cover ourselves in the precious blood of Jesus Christ asking for that heavenly protection and then take the helmet of salvation Salvation over our heads. Salvation as the understanding that we have been bought at a great price by, by our Lord Jesus Christ. And that that is the helmet that protects us. That we are creating a, a united mind with the mind of Christ. And that that saves us from the thoughts that come. Like yesterday in my uh, lunch where easily I can allow the past to take over and not really focus on the future. And that can happen in small ways. When we have talk about ourselves, our inner talk is not positive, is not focused on what God wants us to do, to step into the book of life that he writes for us. And we keep thinking of hurts or, or past things that have prevented us from stepping more fully into it. And then... Paul mentions finally the sword of the Spirit. That is the Word of God. That is why we dwell on the Word of God daily, friends, because we find in it the source of our strength and the source of our fulfillment. 
of our promises. Being, we're reminded of those promises and connect them to the promises that God has made of our own uh, story. The Word of God is what is alive, is God Himself. And isn't it beautiful? When we open it, we see God explaining to us in that day with the perspective of whatever is happening, what He wants us to see. So as a reminder then, right, we have the breastplate of righteousness, the gospel of, of peace in, in our red feet, ready feet, the faith that we hold as a shield, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit. And then I find the end of this uh, reading for today in Ephesians 6 so endearing because you see that Paul is fighting friends he's in the middle of a struggle and he gives us great hope he says with prayer and supplication pray at every opportunity in the spirit be watchful with perseverance and supplication for all the holy ones and for me and this is what caught me speech may be given me to open my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may have the courage to speak as I must. For him, friends, being in prison several times, battered as he was, shipwrecked, tortured, beaten, he's now going to stand trial in Rome. And he's going to have to declare as a Roman citizen that he's also, you know, a Pharisee, a Jew, but he is now a Christian, which is not really what anybody in Rome wants. And he knows that he has to stand and tell the truth at that place, friends. So if for me, it is hard to stick to the truth in a simple lunch and not focus on my past and not focus on my story, that is not fully God's story, then I have to dwell deeper into the Word of God so that at times when there's bigger trials, I can do that better. And that is what in, it's an endearing thing to see Paul with such strength, knowing that in the end he was alone. Friends, the psalm for today is 144. Blessed be the Lord, my rock. Let's use that in our final prayer. Father Almighty, thank you for being our rock, for training our hands for battle and our fingers for war. You are our fortress, our stronghold, our deliverer, our shield in whom we trust. You are our Father. You are merciful. And we sing a new song to you. You deliver victory to our lives. Thank you, Father, for your patience, for your kindness, for your mercy, for your enduring love, for the loyalty and faithfulness of your covenant. Even when we do not follow the inspirations to stand only in the truth, Father, that we will do that better today. Extend our mantle over those that are in our lives that have asked for prayers because they're sick or they're struggling or they're studying and they need something extra today, Father. Guide them, guide us in the name of Jesus. Amen.
Welcome to the inner room, a space where we ponder the inner movements of our heart to find God by finding examples and instructions in daily scripture readings. The emotions in our hearts can help us or hinder us in our spiritual journey. Open your heart, explore your emotions, and align thoughts and emotions with God's plans for you. When we learn to feel and align our emotions, we advance in our prayer life by loving more deeply, remaining in peace more often, and finding courage for the journey of life. My name is Sofia Fonseca de Niño, and a big shout out to my son Marco Niño, producer of this podcast. Sit back or walk with us. You are most welcome here. Thank you.